7-Eleven in Hewlett, Long Island. I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know what he's buying. That's not my issue. And he wanted to report back what he saw. So I have a picture here of a sign in that store in Hewlett, Long Island, in a 7-Eleven. A section says, Fresh Kosher Sandwiches. And under, under that title, Fresh Kosher Sandwiches, there's a whole bunch of these sandwiches. Roasted chicken and cheddar. Cheddar means cheddar cheese. And it's not roasted chicken in this, in this box and cheddar in that box. In the same sandwich, the chicken and the, and the cheese together with ranch dressing on cracked wheat bread. Obviously, we're not talking kosher, but it says fresh kosher sandwiches. And that was one thing that he saw in the store. So now, that sounds like, oh, well, that doesn't matter to me because that's silly. I would never be fooled by that. Correct. You mean you would never be fooled by that. You'd see, pick it up, and in and two seconds, you'd see it. Of course, if you're uh, not that good at uh, reading, and if you uh, went quickly, maybe, who knows? But, but let's, let's assume that wouldn't happen. So I'm going to read to you something that I just downloaded from the OU website because uh, we, were, we were looking into another issue with 7-Eleven. It seems that uh, somebody put out this week, I'm not going to tell you who put it out, a list of newly kosher uh, Slurpees at 7-Eleven. New, newly kosher Slurpees at 7-Eleven. So that list... I was very interested, and I said, you know, I didn't see that before. I, I get all the emails from all the cautious organizations, and, and nothing came across my desk, so let me go check it out. And I went to one of the websites that has kosher lists on, on the, for 7-Eleven, the, the, uh, the, the, the Slurpees that, uh, that are used in the 7-Elevens. On some of them, they give a list of recommended ones that those are the ones that are kosher, and if they're putting that into the machine in your store... Etc. Uh, th- they weren't all listed, so I contacted the people who put that list out, and I said, "Where'd you get the list from?" Oh, we got it from Seven Eleven. Oh, Seven Eleven is now going to tell you no rabbis anymore. Seven Eleven is going to tell you which are the kosher varieties. It's mind-boggling that our people are accepting. Uh, the decision of what's kosher from non-Jewish hands. Insane. It doesn't make any sense at all. That they're going to tell us what's kosher. We're not even going to look for a list from one of the kosher organizations, and you're going to put that up and send it around that these are newly kosher certified uh, varieties of Slurpees, and who decided it? 7-Eleven told you. Unbelievable. I have to read this to you because this is something I think was very interesting. And something I've been saying a little bit, talked about in the past, and, and I, I didn't happen to know that it was on the OU website. The OU certifies a number of Coca-Cola syrups that are used in Slurpees. To purchase Slurpees, it is necessary to, to verify two things. Is the syrup made by Coca-Cola? Which means even though it says Coca-Cola, that flavor is similar to any cola. Sounds tastes basically the same, a little bit different, but not that much, especially with a Slurpee. So it, it, it's very possible that they use a substitute. 
So you don't know if it's really from Coca-Cola, which is under the OU, and if it's somebody else who isn't under the OU or who is not the kosher. And is the specific syrup OU certified? Now here's the key line from the OU. Irrespective of store claims, one can only be certain that a Coca-Cola syrup is used by checking the label on the syrup box. Now, tell me how many people are doing that. The only way you could know, the OU says you can't rely on the claims of the store. Okay? That's with OU position. However, the Coca-Cola labels on syrup boxes do not bear an OU symbol. Provided below is a list of OU certified fountain frozen syrups. So you have to check on the syrup box, right? And and you have to find that they are that 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 you know that it's that it's an OU certification, and that's your job. It says. Now I don't know anybody's teaching that, but that's what the OU says, and we're sending our kids, the yeshiva kids, into these stores. So let me tell you what the rabbi saw. The rabbi saw a boy or maybe boys, with a yarmulke on, sitting and drinking hot cocoa in this 7-Eleven. So, okay, I don't know what's in the hot cocoa, but hot cocoa is not just cocoa and sugar, and I don't know what they do to warm heat it up, and I don't know what they use to serve it in. I have no any idea. But whatever it is, they're drinking hot cocoa, but that's not the thing. With marshmallows. And he, he said to them, you know, marshmallows... The store told him it's kosher marshmallows. Give me a break. Is this is this what we uh, this is what we're taking our children from yeshiva and introducing them to? Uh, something has to stop. I, I've been talking about it. Doesn't seem to hit any. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to affect anybody. But the, I just wanted people to know that this is what's going on, and it's and you think it's Hewlett. I'm telling you right here in Brooklyn. It's selling the Danishes or whatever, some Mazonas in the store. It has a, a rabbinical certification. The rabbi is a conservative rabbi. He is not an orthodox rabbi. Not at all. Nice-sounding name, but not an orthodox rabbi. And, this, and the, uh, they're selling those in the store. Uh, you, you, one of those things where you open it up and take some out and put it in here, which means it's not even sealed. But that's, that's what that rabbi is doing. And it's in, those, in many of these 7-Eleven stores in our neighborhoods. And I, uh, I, I think our people are being exposed to, our kids are being exposed to things they really shouldn't be. Rabbi, yes, sir. I'm jumping here because it's really <laughs> boiling my blood, you know. It's like seven years, six years we're talking about it yeah, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. And I see every day the same people go in and out yeah, with Yamaka, with the Tzitzit, yeah, with Black Hat, yeah. Red Hat, whatever you call it, you know this. Right, that's and it. Oh, they told me that it's kosher. Who told you? Who yeah. told you? You know, you yourself, Rabbi, you went inside to see the syrup and nobody let you go in, right? Right, they wouldn't let me look at they it. Did, I could they, never they, see that box. They, they, you didn't <laughs> see, and 99% is on, on, a store owner are using a generic syrups that is right. cheaper than the Coca-Cola and cheaper than 7-Eleven, and they're using it whatever, you know, and people don't care, don't care, because too many ashgachot here, and I have too many, uh, it's open, it's open. Okay, let me go on to something else. This is something, again, not our topic for tonight, 
neither of these two items, but I think one, they're very important to hear about. This is a, a true story, and I can't really reveal more. I'd love to be able to, but we can't do that. There's a, um, a caterer, and he has two standards. One is a regular hashkacha, and it's a fairly, you know, well no, very well-known hashkacha. And it has a super hashkacha, so they have like two names. One name is, uh, you know, providing meals that uh, people take. Uh, I can't give the details about where the meals are because then you'd know who it was. But they are, these are meals that many of the people who are, who are listening now uh, are using these products. And the two types, one is the hashkocha and one is the super hashkocha. So what happened is that the super hashkocha uses... Uh, packaged lettuce and whatever they use for vegetables from uh, responsible hashkachas uh, you know, on, on the bags. And the, the general one has been using uh, vegetables that are not inspected at all. They're washed, but nobody's inspecting them at all. They're regular heads of lettuce, and they're washed. No one inspects them whatsoever. So this rabbi from the uh, with the higher level hashkacha, he approached the uh, the caterer and said, "Listen, I, it's not right what you're doing. People think it's a it's it, these are checked, and they're not being checked at all. Why don't you get from this particular company?" And he gave them a name of a company, and they had a meeting, and the company explained what the costs are, etc. And they said, well, the, the caterer said, well, I'm not going to pay that money because I can go out now and buy these heads of lettuce and we wash them. It, I, no extra expenses. It's very, very cheap. And I'm not going to pay that kind of money. So this is what we have here. We are, uh, you know, hashkochas. Now, the, the problem isn't that because that's, you know, everybody does what they want to do. The problem is that the hashkocha on the regular, the caterer's regular uh, product, that hashkocha doesn't believe what is being done over there. In other words, the person who is executing that hashkocha for them is not doing what he's supposed to do. And that's an internal problem of a very serious nature. And that's why, you know, when people say, oh, why do I need that Hamish hashkocha? I have a very good hashkocha. Maybe it's a very good hashkocha, but are they doing what they claim they do? Is there a, a tight enough control? When you have many, many, many hundreds and thousands of products, can you really control that? Sometimes one man, I mean, there's a chisarin and a, a mila with one man, but with sometimes one man, at least he knows what he does, and he goes out as far as he feels he can. But when you have a whole team of different rabbis running around here, running around there, Yes, they could all be functioning on the same level, on a very high level, but are they? And the facts are, unfortunately, that they're not. That's the, the point that I discovered. I will, I'll share with you one more thing, and this is very interesting, and unfortunately it affects some of the people that are listening to the show. I can't give away the details, but here's what it said. And it's not from today, but it's, it's recent. Right after Purim, at a certain gathering of single people, it was discovered that the non-Jews are pouring at, at the bar 
from non-mavushal wines. The bottle said on it, non-mavushal, clearly written non-mavushal, which means that it has to be a Jew pouring, but the non-Jews were pouring the wine. The caterer wears a strimal on Shabbos, but the place had no mashkiach. There was a woman who was a mashkicha for the OU, and she was at this affair, and she, she straightened it all out, and she removed three, the three bottles that we're talking about. In other words, a, a, an orthodox caterer, no mashkiach, he himself was a very from person on a certain level, and he's totally clueless when it came to this issue about the non-Jews pouring the, the, the wine. So what we need to have is, you know, be very careful. That's all I can tell you. It's, you don't look at the owner. You don't look at his beard. You, you look for the best hashkacha you can get. And don't, uh, and don't chintz on it. If, if, you, if you have a, uh, some question, go for a more strict hashkacha. That's, that's the bottom line. Now, I'm going to just take a moment for our, for our advertising, and then I'm going to go on to our topic today, which is the summer vacations, and I have a very interesting material prepared for you. When you think of Glotmark conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M, you should think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmark. Some of the items that are on sale right now, breast of veal, $8.99 a pound, beef navel flank strips, $6.99 a pound, family pack minute steak, $12.99 a pound, boneless chuck roast, pot roast, $9.99 a pound. These are some of the items that are on sale now, but they go off tomorrow is the last day on that sale items. And here's some of the new items that are coming in for the following week, starting on Wednesday. Beigel's Family Pack Black and White or, or Multicolored Cookies, $5.99. Snapple, 64-ounce, $1.89. Dixie Plates, 8.5 inches or 10 and 16th inch, $1.99. Mon Chocolate Wafers, 7 ounces, 99 cents. Polar Flavored Seltzers, 59 cents. And uh, whether you, uh, you, should, uh, you should consider using their parking lot, come into uh, Glatmar from the East 12th Street entrance, and you can park the car there and have it ready to load up with all the special items you purchased in the store. And the Glatmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glatmart you're getting quality kashras. Glatmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glatmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Kashras on the Air over J-Root Radio. And now, without further ado, I'm going on to my topic for tonight. And uh, give me a couple more minutes, and then I'm going to ask you, anyone who wants to call in, we have some interesting uh, aspects that we, you'll see in just a moment. Uh, we announced last week that we put out our 2017 Kosher Travel Guide to 355 great places to visit in all the 50 United States. Where to sleep, where to eat, where to daven when you're traveling this summer or during the rest of the year. And Baruch uh, Hashem, a number of people called up to get it because we gave it a special. It's $9 in the store, $8.95, and you can have it for $6 if you call this number, 718-336-8544. 
You can leave a message and we'll get back to you, or you can leave in your, your credit card information and your name and address and we'll take care of it for you. That's uh, 718-336-8544. Now, this is a, a book that's 144 pages, and we pride ourselves on the fact that we have the 355 cities. Uh, I'm asking you as listeners to uh, call in, give me a couple more minutes, and then I'd like you to call in, and you could ask me a city and I'll tell you what we have about it, or you can tell me that we left your city out or a city that you know, or do I have that city, and I'll be glad to talk to you about it. Not that I know every one of these cities, but uh, basically I've gone through the guide a few times, so I do know something about it. I would like to uh, share with you that in this particular issue, we have a very exciting thing, which is happening this year, and it doesn't happen every week. It's uh, the kosher eclipse. Now, of course, the eclipse is not a kosher eclipse, but the program that we, that we advertise is what they call the kosher eclipse. That's a very exciting program, and I know the people involved, and I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people would be interested in taking advantage of. August 21st is the eclipse. It's a total solar eclipse. Now, if you don't know anything about solar eclipses, I'm going to tell it to you. The, the solar eclipse, yes, we have them all the time, but we, don't, we get partial solar eclipses. You have to be in the right zone to get the full eclipse. And uh, from what I've been reading, although I'm not going to be attending, <laughs> but from what I'm, I was offered to attend, but I decided to, to pass on it. But, uh, but the, uh, from what, I've, what I've been hearing from different people and, and I see written up, that this is a very uh, exciting experience. And it doesn't happen all that often. And I'll tell, you'll see it here in just a second. Anyway, what, what, the, solar, what the, uh, the kosher eclipse is, that they have a group that's going to meet about 150 people, that, maybe just 100 or something like that. They're going to meet in, uh, they're going to come down into Kansas City, Missouri, and then they're going to go over to St. Joseph, Missouri, where the actual site of where you can see the entire eclipse because where we are, in New York, you could also see the eclipse. But you will not get the, um, you will not get the uh, full eclipse. You'll only get a partial eclipse. Because you have to be in a certain zone of the country to get the full eclipse. The full eclipse, is, uh, it, it says over here that... Uh, I think I'm trying to find the spot here where it says how, when the next one is. Yeah. This will be the first total solar eclipse visible from anywhere on mainland United States. You'd have to be in another country to see it fully. Since the total solar eclipse in March 1979, that was the last total eclipse in this country. The next one will be in 2024, but it's not going to be visible from nearly as many U.S. locations as the one is now. It's a strip across the, the country. You have to see it. On, it's, I, we, we have it actually in the book. I put a part of it in there just to show where, where um, St. Joseph's is smack in the middle over there. But, the, but there are places all across the country that you can actually see it just as well. And so that's something that uh, you know, people choose where they want to be. But if you're in New York on uh, Monday, I'm sorry, yeah, Monday, August 21st, Somewhere between 1.23 and 4 o'clock, 
you could see it here. But you got to be very careful, and you have to get yourself the right glasses to see it with. Because if you look at it with your own eyes, you could do yourself a, to, to, much damage. You're supposed to try to get a number 14 welder glass. They cost two dollars. It's a Myler Eclipse glasses. They cost two dollars. I I found them uh, on a, on a company called uh, Oceanside Photo and Telescope (OPT). And if you uh, if you want to look them up. They're actually in California, and uh, they cost $2, and they don't charge for shipping. It's just $2. So if you order them now, of course, if you go wait to the last minute, it's going to cost you more. But if you contact them, uh, Oceanside Photo and Let Telescope, and they're somewhere out in California, it's $2 for the glasses. They're paper, and they're supposed to be paper. You're not supposed to be using uh, uh, glasses in the, that are made out of plastic. You're supposed to use these things that are paper and this, this dark-colored thing that you look through, which is this Mylar, you know. So you, you have to get the right thing. But it's only $2, and they have expensive ones you can buy. But you could look at the actual so eclipse. Now, when you see the actual solar eclipse, the, whole, the, so the total one... You're supposed to take these glasses off and look at it straight, and it's supposed to be a very exciting experience. You can study about it. But when you look at it, as the, as the eclipse starts, because there's a partial eclipse starting at 1.23 in New York time till 2.44 when the actual, um, when the actual uh, so the, uh, main part of the solar eclipse occurs. But we never get a total. So we can't take the glasses off. We have to use those glasses all the time. But if you were down in St. Joseph or someplace else, then you could take the glasses off, and you're supposed to look at it, and it's supposed to be amazing. But for two and a half hours, you could look at it right from here with these little $2 glasses. So you need more information, you'll find it out. If you're stuck on it, you let me know, and I'll tell you how to spend your $2. <laughs> but it's, it's a very interesting uh, little game, the, uh, the, the Eclipse. And the group that's going down there, I mean, they charge you money for it and everything, but they give you three, three meals and nice place to stay and a lot of uh, mignonim. And they have, uh, have some tremendous shurim from Rabbi David Heber. And they have some scientists also. It's, it's an extremely uh, special program. And the first has ever had it like this. And the kashas is good. And it's, uh, it's really a, it's a nice experience if you want to try it. It's in our magazine on, on page uh, 123. So that was, that's one little thing. Now let me tell you what I was, wanted to speak about um, was some of these sites, some of the places. So let me start. I'll let anybody call in now. 718 uh, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. I'd like to limit it to discussion about the travel places, but if something's really bothering you, you can call in. 718-683-5858. Or you could text us at 347-927-8398. That's the texting line is uh, that is is 347-927-8398. Okay, we have a lot of 711 questions, but right now I wanted to go on to some of the things in the book itself. One of the areas that I found very interesting and helpful to me over the years was Connecticut. We have in Connecticut we have uh, a total of uh, where is it? A total of 29 cities in Connecticut that we discuss, and I found it very helpful. I was going back 
from uh, Massachusetts, where I sometimes go up to Massachusetts. And I was coming back, and I was going through, through Connecticut. And it was getting late, and, the, and Mincha was coming. And I have this uh, addiction. I try to go to a minion. So, so here I am. It's not going to make it back to New York City. And I have to get to some place. And rather than sit around in some shul uh, for half an hour, 45 minutes, I was playing a game. I'm going down. If you know anything about Connecticut, it's from one city to the next. You're going in the parkway there, in 91, and you're going through the, the whole state. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice trip. And every few seconds, you're passing another city, and you could just run off and, and, and catch the minion somewhere. So you can't believe this, but I was there in the car without my magazine. Now, it's like, uh, you know, uh, how could it be that the editor of Cautious Magazine didn't carry it? Okay, so I forgot. So I, I, I hope, no, not all hope was lost. We had a phone, and we called back to my house, and they asked one of my kids to, to go get the magazine and start reading off the cities in Connecticut. And we heard a name that we knew we were near, or we asked the name. They gave us the telephone number. And we called the shul. And invariably in the shuls, of course, there's nobody there at that time, but they're not in the office. But the answering machine always gave you the times for the davening. And we, we asked which, what, the telephone, what the address was. And we, there was no GPS in those days, but we were able to uh, navigate and get to the... Uh, and, and because everything's right off the highway. And we, we, we were able to shoot over and find the shul, and catch a minion in the right time. So that's, that's how, one of the ways that I used it. A lot of people use this magazine as a, as a real travelogue. They go from one city to another, from this place to that place. They use this as a, a way of getting around. It's a, a very helpful little tool. Anyway, um, so we had these 29 cities. So I always found it very fascinating how many things there are to see in some of these cities. You know, we, my goodness, Connecticut is... Piles of these cities, all with the Orthodox minion, Baruch Hashem. It's fantastic, and there's so many things to see. So one of the areas that we know a lot about, we have we have a lot of material in it in the magazine, is West Hartford, and I have stories about West Hartford, but they're not for today. Very interesting stories going back into our you know family history, but some of the things that go on in in um, in, in Connecticut, especially in that area, in Hartford, because Hartford and West Hartford, it's all part of Hartford County, and there's some fantastic things to see and do. If people like these, and maybe you like something different, but there's a place called Mark Twain House. That's a 351 Farmington Avenue in, in Hartford. It's, um, it's a very, very nice thing if you happen to be into Mark Twain. Some people don't like Mark Twain. But if you, if you happen to have enjoyed uh, some of his writings and some of his ideas, I mean, some of them obviously are not, uh, not pro, uh, but some of them uh, are interesting. And if you, if you liked it, then uh, this may be a nice place to go. Elizabeth Park uh, has, an, has a rose garden from 1904, Rose Garden. That's a, an amazing park over there. And there's Harriet Beecher House, uh, Harriet Beecher Howe House, uh, that's a very famous place, a very famous person, 77 Forest Street in Hartford. Uh, 
But these are a couple places that you, you're in the Hartford area, and uh, we have a good association over in West Hartford with uh, the Big Y, uh, as a tremendous um, area, a sort of kosher certified section there in Big Y supermarket. And then they also have a, a Jewish-owned uh, store called Crown Market. And we have shul, there's shuls galore. We have all the information about the shuls. We have Chabad houses in every single city that we mention. We try to put in a Chabad house and, the, and, we, and the, all the Orthodox shuls there. We have the, the times for the davening. And uh, that's saved a, a lot of people a lot of trouble <laughs> because, you know, when you, you, you need to catch a minion at a certain time, you really do need to know that information. Baruch Hashem, today everyone has websites and everyone has uh, answering machines on the, on the phone where they tell you everything. But still in all, um, the book gave a lot, gives a lot of people a little, little tidbits in between, like when you eat, where to eat, what, to, what, what the serving in there, you know, it gives you, it gives you a lot of feel of the, of the neighbor. It's a little travel guide, uh, aside from the physical aspect, but it also gives you the feeling of, uh, of what the community is all about. And of course, when you're, when you're, in, uh, and you're in there, in the area, don't miss uh, Mystic. That's an amazing uh, place to visit, uh, the Mystic Seaport. And there's a famous submarine base in Groton. These are some of the items that you, some of the things you shouldn't miss when you get, you get over there. Uh, that's a little bit about Connecticut, and no one's calling in, so I'm going to look at some of the people who have emailed in and then texted in, and then we'll get back to some of the other communities that are very, very interesting that we, we uh, have quite a bit of information about. Um, Somebody asked about traveling in Israel restaurants and want to know about the Rabbanut, whether it's a good ashkocha. We try not to answer those questions here, but we're going to give you some guidelines because that is an important question. The magazine just has a little bit about Israel, but we don't go into the cities of Israel and the places to eat. And really, before you take a trip to Israel, you do need to contact somebody. And I'm going to give you ways that you could figure out what to do and it changes all the time, but I'm going to give you the best guide that I could. First of all, you should know that people in Israel know about Israel better than people like me who don't travel there very often. It's been a while since I've been in Israel. But the way to find out is to contact somebody who sends a child to seminary or yeshiva in Israel. Or if you have any contact with those yeshivas and seminaries in Israel. Because the yeshivas and seminaries in Israel give every child who comes to Israel a, 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 a little course, a mini course, in where to eat, what you could eat, what, what places are acceptable to their hashkafa. So if you're interested in, if your mindset is this kind of a seminary, call for that seminary. If your mind, mind is, mindset is this kind of a lifestyle, then call that kind of like seminary or yeshiva. But in Israel, yeshivas and seminaries are not, they're not unilateral. There is, there's extreme vari variety there. We have people who are not yet from, and they can't be told only eat in two places. And uh, you have people who are this level and that level and that level. And certainly by calling one of these seminaries directly, anyone that you find, any listing of any seminary that you know, or yeshiva, or you uh, who deal with Americans, or you, you uh, ask somebody who's sending their child there, they've been given lists. I've seen them. 
They've been given lists of recommended hashkachos to use in Eretz Israel. In Israel, the Rabbanut, which you call the rabbinate, local rabbin, you said, is a, it, it varies tremendously. Plain Rabbanut is not suggested to our people who are listening to this show. You want to look for Rabbanut Mahadrin. But even Rabbanut Mahadrin, you should really find out whether it's considered to be generally acceptable in Israel. The lists are uh, different for the different uh, seminaries and yeshivas, but they give them not just one list. Sometimes they give them a few choices, like A, B, and C. If you want to be machmir, do this. If you want to know baseline, you might be safe with this. They give out sometimes two and three or more levels, and they, and they, a person can really get an idea of what's happening. My own feeling is that uh, without contacting somebody in Israel, you're fooling yourself. I could tell you what went on when I was there last, but I can't tell you day to day, and I think that these lists are very, very helpful. But generally, over the years, there are like five different Nashkochos that are on the top, and they're staying there, and nothing else came in since then. So it is pretty well known what to use. Now, uh, people ask, is the magazine available on newsstands? And the answer is not so much newsstands, but Svarim stores, and in uh, three... Uh, three, three, uh, th- three uh, supermarkets in Pomegranate, in, uh, uh, in, in Moshe's, and in uh, KRM, and the rest of it's in the, in the Hebrew bookstores. Otherwise, people get it through subscription. You call the office, 718-336-8544. We'll set you up. Uh, somebody asked here about... I've got to get this go down. It's hard to read the... Emails, okay. <laughs> I'm not too good at this uh, n- navigating on the screen. Ah, we got it now. Um, somebody says, Dear Rabbi Wickler, please don't think that people are not hearing what you're saying about 7-Eleven. Our family stopped going to 7-Eleven just because of what you said, and we appreciate it. Okay, uh, thank you for that. Um, who else do we have here? I cannot read it. Do you want to help me out here? Okay. We're going to go on, and you can call the show 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and you can discuss with us any community in the United States. You can tell me where you grew up. You can tell me uh, You can tell me which city you'd like to know about, and I can tell you what we have on it. You can... Uh, Tell us that we didn't include your city, and we and you want us to include it. We, we we're happy to do that. We actually are doing this all year round. One of the communities that I I was especially interested in working with this year is the Boston Boston area. In, in Boston, in Massachusetts, well, I know Massachusetts pretty well, and in Boston, I know very well. And uh, Boston is a is a place where we 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 have an article on this issue, the KVH, which is located in Boston. We have a whole story on a feature on them, and uh, we include many of their restaurants and eateries in our sec in our part about Boston. We have many many places to eat, and some fantastic things to see in the Boston area. I mean uh, the um, 
They have some nice museums, a children's museum, a science museum, and uh, they have a computer museum, believe it or not. But the exciting things in Boston are like the harbor cruise and whale watching, tour boats. They have um, a monument, the Bunker Hill Monument, the Boston Tea Party, the USS Constitution. There's unbelievable things there. And, of course, there's some uh, great places to, uh, to daven in. The, the Boston Rebbe is over there, and there's, uh, there's a long history there, and there's some fantastic shuls. And one of the things that I found in Boston is that there are many hashkachas from individual rabbis over there. And they're all, from what I understand, on a very high level. So it's a great place to be able to eat out. And there are some wonderful uh, shuls to see. And it's, an, it's, a, it's a state community. It's a nice, decent, nice community to visit. But if you want to go there, you might think about spending some money. And I'll tell you how you have to do it. There's a, a, a company called Go Boston. And they sell a card for uh, sightseeing. And it, it, it sounds like a lot of money. It's a, you know, it's, it starts at $57 and, you know, for an adult, uh, for three days, it's $115. They have plenty of prices. But the, the things that they cover, it, it would cost you as many times that if you have to pay it out as you go along. So it, it's worth considering when you go to these big cities, what are these special passes that for one day, three days, seven days, whatever, whatever you decide to get. But the duck tour, everybody loves. Uh, there's a New England aquarium. Whale watch is amazing. And uh, they have uh, an aquarium there, a skywalk. The Museum of Science is nice. The, the USS Constitution is a, is a great trip, but it's not cheap. It's, you know, it's $24 just to go there. And uh, it's included in the big price for the, for the, uh, the Go uh, Boston card. And uh, there's a lot of nice things there. I mean, you get up there, I think you, you, you would have a great time. But make sure that you save a little time to see Sturbridge Village. It's one of the things from my youth that I still remember and appreciate very much. Sturbridge Village is in Sturbridge, is just out of Boston. It's um, a great place to see. And, and uh, it's one of, these community, one of these places that they dress in the old style and uh, they have all these different uh, rooms to visit and have houses to visit. It's a, a wonderful thing. takes you back many, many years, and it's, uh, it's well worth the money. Okay, we have some callers. Go ahead. You're on Conscious on the Air. Can I help you? Go ahead, please. Hello? Yes, go ahead, please. Yes, okay. Um, my, my question concerns salads. Um, I know you said my last trip to the supermarket, both, Dole and Fresh Express did not have the sake anymore. And I know you said there's so much infestation at this time of the year that they can't afford to put it on. So I'm accepting that. But my husband went to the local grocery, and he came home with the, one of those companies, the big, and it had that additional hashkocha sticker, you know, that yellow sticker. So I was just wondering... Can you rely on that? I mean, if there's so much infestation, are they doing something to uh, ex to check it extra in some way? That was the first question. The well, second question is: <laughs> My daughters love. Okay, let's take one question. Let's take one question. Let's take one question at a time. I'm not going to answer you about any particular place. 
So that's the answer to that. I'm not going to be able to help you because you're asking me to decide for something with a sticker, whether I should say it's good. I don't want to discuss it, even if you gave me the name of the Hashgachas. I don't want to say whether it's good or not good. That's not what we do here. Uh, so, so that's out. Uh, it should know that they're going, they claim that they're going to be finding, they're finding a little better now, and pretty soon they would be getting more in with those Hashgachas. Uh, one of the things you're seeing is that companies like like Dole or Fresh Express or one of these, they, they're taking product that's grown in regular environments and they're trying to clean them. We discussed here on the show uh, a process that's being done in Boston uh, with the KVH. They're working with companies that are doing hydroponics. Hydroponics has a shayla on the bracha, but it's, whether it's hadam or shahakol, but whatever you paskin in that shayla, um, probably either way you yotze, but, but the, uh, whatever shayla, however you paskin that shayla, they claim that they're able to have an environment that is bug-free. These people who raise things in greenhouses try to get, and in some ways they are successful to get close to bug-free or bug-free. But when you take regular lettuce, from the from the ground where it, it grew with regular uh, insects that are in the ground, and you're trying to wash it, it's a hard thing to guarantee because they got so much infestation there. That's a problem with their system, and uh, so I, you know my my recommendation is to try something that's shooting for more bug free. The fact that they're having the problem is symbolic of the kind of method of growing that they're doing, which I don't think is the best to do. I think it's better to go for the uh, something that's greenhouse grown or maybe this uh, hydroponics, if it's good. I don't really know much about the hydroponics, but if it's good the way they're telling me, then, you know, that sound, that's, that's a way to go. Or the, or the greenhouse from a good greenhouse company, that's the better way to go. This is symbolic of a problem in the industry because it's going to it's you're hoping they're catching it when the problem comes up but obviously it's a sign that there's a lot of infestation even if they got it under the control and they're happy i don't know if we should be happy what's your second question because i have to go on to some other people here i don't know i remember years ago we never used romaine lettuce we used to use endives on pesos because they said you can never clean romaine lettuce well, now everybody's yeah. using romaine lettuce. Okay. My daughter's telling me I, I they clean it themselves. I hear you, but the, let me explain to, a couple things to you. First of all, I don't. I hope that you, you've spoken to a rabbi, and the rabbi told you the endives are co- are good to be used today. According to what I understand, endives that we call endives are not really endives anymore. So well, I don't know if you have. I don't know uh, if we have endives. If oh. we're if we're eating and calling endives, whether it qualifies for endives, some people raised questions about uh, romaine lettuce. Rev. Aaron Cutlerzatzal, who certainly was a big individual and uh, was who was I mean he was one of the leaders of, of Klai Israel for for such a long time, and Rev. Aaron Cutler did not eat romaine lettuce. He ate iceberg lettuce. And if you'll ask anybody today, the iceberg lettuce, they'll laugh at you. How could you use iceberg lettuce? For, for, they never saw that. But Rav Aaron did that. So now, what is the real min? So my Rebbe used to say, 
this my Rabbi Zimmons that's all. He used to say like this. You know, you use the wrong main lettuce because that's easy to eat. But try to eat also the the horseradish as much as you can. That's what he suggested to us because he felt the horseradish had a better tradition than anything else we're using. So whatever you use for Pesach, fine. No, can I, we, I, I know I, I use the regular right, I got to go I on with, the, with the But my question is, People are using it a whole year, this romaine. Right. I, from what I understood, it's the hardest thing to clean, that you could uh, not really clean Yes it. and no. I mean, in other words, if today, first of all, the methods of cleaning are, are drastically improved from the old days that we are talking about. Secondly, uh, when they talk about greenhouse and uh, maybe the hydroponics, they are dealing with the, the bug issue directly head on. And they're, they're producing, hopefully, a product that never has a significant amount of insects in it. And therefore, they, they feel it's not the, what you're, looking, you're talking about, which was the old romaine lettuce problem. You're right. When we grew up, they, we didn't use it. And, and there were, then, then, but every time, I remember every year, Pesach, they came out with another method you could try, you could use, and they claimed it worked. So I don't know. It, it, it's, if you want to skip it, you're doing yourself a favor. Do you have to skip it? No. Who, which one, which product to use? Use the best you could find. I can't really do it over the radio. If you ever speak to me, I'll be able on outside. I could, could, could tell you maybe what I, I would recommend you do. Okay? Uh, we have a lot of, call, a lot of uh, texting. Any callers? Okay, we got callers. Thank you very much for the call. Go ahead. Yvonne Kashus on the air. Can I help you? Me? Yes, go ahead. Um, my family holds... Um, that we only eat Chav Yisrael. And a bunch of my friends also hold that, and they started eating Snyder's pretzels. So I wanted to know what the, what if it's Chav Yisrael or not. What is this? Snyder's has an O-U-D or something like that? So it says O-U-D on it, and then I heard from someone else that it's O-U-D-E, and whatever, and well, someone said it wasn't Chav Yisrael. Well, let me, let, let me explain to you. The only persons who can answer that is in the O-U... The person who gives the uh, who who's in charge of that hashgacha, you see the way the OU is set up, is there are a couple of people on the top of the organization, and then they have what they call rabbinical coordinators, and each one of the rabbinical coordinators has about a f- eighty-five hashgachas that are underneath him. He doesn't go visit them all every day. He has people going out in the field, but those are his hashgachas, and he can answer intelligently a question about those eighty-five. Uh, he can't tell you about anything else in the organization. That's his business. So each, this, that's the way they divide it. So you have to get to him. You call this number, 212-563-4000. You're going to sit a little while on the phone, and you're going to ask, you're going you're gonna, to uh, punch in when they say kosher. You want kosherous information. And then you're going to get to whoever they get to it, or they're going to call you back, and you say, who, which one of the rabbis is in charge of uh, Snyder's? And then you speak to that rabbi, and he will answer the question whether the D on that product is dairy equipment, and it's not a problem for Chalb Israel, or it is a problem for Chalb Israel. He will answer you. And he, you may have to call back every six months or every two years or something like that and check up on it again. But he is definitely the one who knows. And, and that's what you have to do. And that's what everybody does. 
Yes, um, thank you. Could you say the number one more time? Yes, 212-563-4000. If you find... 212-563-4000. Right, and if you find that there is a problem for Chav Yisrael, you can call back this show or you can call me at 718-336-8544 and tell me, and I'll let the people know because, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's no good to everybody listening. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank which, you. Which yeshiva are you in? Tarche in Farakaway. Oh, very good. Uh, you, you probably know my family over there. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we ha- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You're on yes. Kajos on the air. We can help you? Yes, I have a question. Okay, so I ordered online. Um, it's called Organic Raw Maca Powder. Now, online it showed a reliable hexer, and when I got it, it has a different hexer. How can I find out that if it's good or not? Well, this is an interesting question. The first, let's go, let's go step by step. I didn't hear too, too well what it was. What's the name of the product again? It's an organic maca, M-A-C-A, raw powder. Mocha powder, okay. Maca. Okay, whatever you'll have me pronounce it. Okay, so th- this... Um, this product uh, has a different hashkocha on what you saw online. Now, what, mm-hmm. the, what happens with this is, uh, this is important. You should really inform the kashrus agency that you saw online that they're displaying that symbol because that's a, a common problem. Now, what may have happened was it may have been one, and now it's a different hashkocha, or it may never have been that other one, uh, but more likely that it was one time the other one, and now it's this one. But the other agency doesn't know that their symbol is still on the, on the uh, website. So it's really a mitzvah to inform them, and they can do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for example, this, uh, this thing I mentioned over here today about the, the fresh kosher sandwiches at the 7-Eleven with your trafe. So I get, we gave it over right away to the New York State uh, Kosher Law Enforcement Rabbi Aaron Metzger, and he's going to take care of it, and that's the end of that story. I mean, the picture I have, but, but hopefully the sign will go down very soon. So, yeah, these things get taken care of. We, we want him to take it off the website. Now you want to know whether you could use it? I, right. I, I can't tell you because I don't know what, you, what you're looking at, and you're right. going to have to call me at the, at the office, 718-336-8544, and I'll help you then. Okay? okay. Take Thank care. Thank you. All right. Uh, more? Yeah, okay, go ahead. You're on cautious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah. I have a question. That, um, which, which sodas have a house across the country? Across the country? Yeah. Okay. Now, let me explain this to you. This is a good question. Um, basically, whatever you see on the bottle... When you order can, that's the hashkacha that's on that. So you don't. It's not a question of. Uh, you can ask me. We can sit here and discuss what's going on in California. But when you're there, you'll see on the bottle. Now, what happens like this? A fountain. What? Fountain soda. Excuse me. Fountain soda. I didn't hear what. Fountain soda. Fountain soda. Oh, fountain soda. No, 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 my friend. The fountain soda. That's a big problem. Very big problem. You see, uh, what happens is, I know I've said this on the show a few times, so I want to say very quickly, people tend to use other companies that are cheaper. So even though it says Coca-Cola or whatever it is, or they tell you it's Coca-Cola, it may not be Coca-Cola. 
as the the gentleman said when he who works in one of these co- companies who provides the food the the uh, syrups he said if it's cold and wet people don't know the difference now of course you know you I, I know I know what it tastes like but uh, you can be easily fooled I think it's a little funny maybe there's a little too much soda in here you know, I'm not used to this maybe it's maybe it's different when it comes this way and then it comes that way you're going to be Michael and you're going to let it go and therefore no we don't recommend soda fountain drinks without having a hashgach on the place we don't recommend it if you have a you know, if you, because uh, th- that's exactly the problem that we were talking about before. When they uh, they they can substitute whatever they want, and you will never know. And then just because the man tells you, this is Coca Cola, of course it's Coca Cola. Don't you see the sign? No, don't believe him. He, it, it, if it's cheaper, he's going to put whatever he wants in there. Okay, take good care. Thank you for calling. Also, I have another question. I'm ready for hear it. Go ahead. Um, what? Well- uh, which drinks are kosher in Seven Eleven? What? What about Seven Eleven? Which drinks are kosher? No, no, we, 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 again, we're not recommending Seven Eleven because of the problems that we mentioned earlier today. Uh, you know, we, we're not recommending the Slurpees. We're not recommending the fountain sodas. The, let me just tell you when the, when this, uh, when the hashkach uh, the Kuf K came in to. to Two Slurpee, I'm sorry, two 7-Eleven stores here in Brooklyn, and offered to give them the hashkocha, and they took them in for a short while. In, they weren't always giving on the on the soda fountain because they didn't feel they could control it, and the company wasn't cooperative. The Slurpees they had for a while, and then they but they couldn't control the uh, the, the soda fountain. They couldn't control the hot drinks. So it's you know it's not as simple as you think. Really, it does take hashkocha. Better, better we should stick to the from places and go there. Okay, my friend? Thank you for okay. calling. Okay. Uh, anybody else? No. Okay. So we have a lot of people here, and I didn't get to what I wanted to do. I have a bunch of other cities I was going to talk about. Maybe we'll save some for a future show. But if you're interested in the, uh, uh, the travel guide to the 355 cities across the United States uh, at a special reduced rate of $6 instead of $9, you can get us at 718-336-8544, or you can email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And be sure to ask also for uh, our J. Wood special for the subscription to the magazine, which is uh, quite a bit off the, the regular price. So I don't want to mention it here on the radio, but you can call and you'll get, get to say, I want the J. Wood special, and then we'll send you the, the travel guide free and the kosher travel guide, the kosher supervision guide free, and you'll be very well set. Now, we have a lot of people who did email, uh, did text us, so, so I wanted to say a few words about it. Uh, okay, that was, that was an old one. We lost the spot here. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm really not used to this methodology here. Honestly, we just say about Rava Boom didn't told uh, that iceberg lettuce is might authentic uh, more than uh, the Roman. He and many other poskim. I can't. I didn't hear what you're saying. Uh, let, let me let me get up to the top here. I got to the top. Okay. Ravarman didn't hold that iceberg lettuce is 
What's that word? It's my, my authentic maror. I don't know. I don't know what that first okay, word it, is. But anyway, he, you uh, never claimed that. Or more than more, he may yeah. tell you even more uh, than Romain. He held that both are good. Ah, uh-huh. but he used the iceberg because he found Romain to be infested. Oh, that's it. Very nice. Thank you for thank you for that important information. I never heard that before. Thank you very much. That really Ravaran did accept the others. Okay, beautiful. I like that. Um, I'm endorsing every place in book. I don't know what he means. He means the magazine? Yeah, well, uh, is that you, what he means? Yeah, I'm endorsing people in the magazine? I, I don't, I'm not sure what the German... No, no, no. I mean that when you spoke about Boston, so you endorsed the, the, the no, place... I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you, know, you come to a lot of communities and there are... There, there are. We, we left communities out. We left communities out because we didn't accept the hashgacha that was there. We had a a place that everybody goes to, and I had to leave it out because I I wasn't happy with hashgacha. Now, I'm not able to set up the standard for America, and I'm not re- taking personal responsibility for anybody's hashgacha. But I'm I'm not going to give to the my readers people that I feel are. Inappropriate. In the end of the game, you you it's so your own responsibility to do your own investigation. And we say in the beginning of the the guide that really everybody has to choose on their own because obviously it's it's a big country and not everybody's exactly the same. If if, if I'm discussing in the beginning of the show where one uh, caterer has two different departments and they're not the same, so certainly across the country everybody's different. But there's, but we we do a certain amount of work to guarantee that what goes in there is a certain standard. Hopefully, what we call the American standard of kashrus. I don't say it's the highest standard, but if we call the American standard of kashrus, which most people in this country would be happy with, that's basically what we try to do. Uh, so that's that's the answer to that question. If you have any questions in the middle of the week, you can call us at seven one eight. 336-8544 and we'll try to help you. Let me just see if we can sneak one more here. What about the chopsticks that somebody... What about the chopsticks? What's wrong with it? I don't know. It's, uh, that's what it's Chopsticks? I, I assume What's that, the story? I assume the chopsticks? chopsticks, unless they're totally flavored or something? I don't think they're flavored. Chopsticks, you don't have to worry about it. I, mean, I can't imagine anything going wrong with that. It's a piece of wood. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. This has been uh, your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Cautious Magazine, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next week.